The housewives are always serving some drama, and we're here to sip on that reality. Mm. Ooh, let's get into the mess with our housewife highlights. And welcome back to our second housewife highlight. Ooh, we got some good tea to recap with y'all today. Treva, let's get them started on Potomac. All right, now in Potomac, we have heard of the lower level. In Potomac, you're not even in the same vicinity. So that really threw me right there. I was like, hold up, how are you going to separate the women in a different house? That's not even cute. And no, then, not even the same vicinity. It was like, they had to take a whole car to it was not the Clover Cottage. It was not close. So I'm sure in terms of Luann from New York, she would love the lower level instead of being in another house. But Potomac's little trip, little getaway that the ladies took started off shady because of this separate house situation. And on top of that, how are you going to put the grand dame in another house? That's rude. That wasn't right. And then you know what I also did not like? I did not appreciate how she put the African sisters in the servants' quarters. What was that about? I know not. I do not know. But what I don't like is that Giselle and Robin had the audacity to have Mia in the house, uh, separated from Karen, right? You see what they were trying to do there? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. They definitely were trying to divide and conquer on that shit. The green-eyed bandits, they trying to, like, separate light-skinned from everybody else. We see it. Don't act like we don't. We see it. But, but not only that, they kicked her out of the room that she had already picked out for herself. Because they shady. That was rude. I don't like it, rude. It's very rude, but what I am not here for, now don't get me wrong, Wendy is not my favorite right now, not at all this season, because she's doing the most and coming from Mia for no reason, showing off the body. But the way Giselle and Robin was coming at Wendy for showing off her good assets, trying to say that, oh, because she's in the political field and she's a smart doctor and professor, etc., that she can't look good. First right. of all, you can look however you want to look as long as you know what you're doing. If you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a professor and you're teaching people things, you can still teach and you can still look good. She's on a girl's trip. She want to show her tatas happy and this. Um, she paid for them. Why you got a problem with it? Exactly. She paid good money for the happiness and then the caboose is going on in the back. And I really don't appreciate how Giselle is trying to spin this narrative of if you're a professor, you had substance this year. But now because you got your tatas and your booty done, then you don't have substance this year. Like that has nothing to do with her brain, her intellect and what she has to offer. Now, I'm not here defending Wendy because she's been fucking annoying this whole season so far. But what I will say is I am with her. I stand by her on this idea of you can look good and have substance just because you're a professor doing all this thing doesn't mean you got to look like a fuddy-duddy old buttoned up all the time exactly and it just didn't make any sense the way she was coming for her on how she looked because we already heard her have the separate conversation Giselle had this conversation with Robin saying oh you know we heard rumors about Wendy's husband that's what she really wanted to bring up and so instead of asking about that she deflected and said oh is that the reason why Wendy is changing up her looks and getting her body done so let's come at her for getting her body done then we'll slap on that the husband might be cheating and I was like, you're so shady because this is supposed to be your friend. If you treat your friends like this, well, then damn, girl, I might and as well I be your know. enemy with Karen. Exactly. And I know Giselle is not going to be the one up here. Giselle and Robin are not going to be the ones up here talking about nobody husband cheating and yep. infidelities and whatnot. That part, that part right there. 
But the happy part about this episode is that we see Ashley gave birth. She is trying to juggle having both kids. We see Michael behaving for the most part. We never know what he's going to do, but for the most part, he is doing okay. And then Ashley shows up at the end. So I can't wait to see what happens a little bit later and how everything gets a little crazy and a little messy just the way we like and you know another thing Giselle did was she was so damn mad when Karen's husband Uncle Ben told her a few years ago oh you know what you need to make sure you can keep a man and xyz she got so heated about that but now this year she could come out her neck and say to her best friend Robin oh you know what you want your man to find you attractive and it's not attractive if you waking up late and all the things he's complaining about with Robin hell no Giselle and first of all you should not be telling somebody how to keep a man because neither of y'all did a good job at that if that exactly. man ain't for you that man ain't for you exactly because we're on what season five six of Potomac and how many men has Giselle done picked up and then has been left by not to mention it really be your own people because how you gonna tell your friend no man wants to marry unattractive um how about maybe you should be supporting your friend and saying hmm what is going on here but why is this man talking to you like you ain't shit I ain't like that but also, he is verbally abusive. How do you not realize that your friend needs help and your friend needs to go to therapy and she may not be doing as well in the pandemic as everyone else has? Giselle, just because you have, you know, been a good single mother to your children doesn't mean that that Robin wants to be that way. But also, Robin might be afraid to leave Juan. Oh, and that's why she kind of sticks for it. And it's like, Giselle, you ain't being a good friend coming at her like this. Like y'all are better off without the men that you have chosen. And it doesn't mean that you might, you won't find a better man. It just means that those men weren't shit and they weren't for you. Because mm -hmm, it's like my mama always said, better off alone than in bad company. That part. And talk about messy just the way we like. Let's run it down with all the mess mess that happened at this Black Shabbat dinner on New York Housewives. They're giving us some messy. Girl, bye. I just can't. <sighs> Where do I begin? Okay, so let's start with the Ramona of it all. Like, girl, you really cannot go more than two or three hours without putting food in your mouth. Because she was up here talking about, I haven't eaten all day. Run that tape back. You was eating on the bus on the way over to the Shabbat dinner, girl. So which one was it? See, my issue is we all know the type of person that Ramona is. Ramona has her personality and she plays that part just well. She plays the ignorant. She plays the loud. She plays the insensitive. She plays all the things that she definitely is. And we know she has her racist moments. Like that is Ramona. We're not expecting anything different from her. Was it smart to have her at this dinner? Absolutely not. She shouldn't have been there. And uh, Leah definitely should not have been there on FaceTime. Like, that was just so unnecessary. It was so dumb. It was just adding to more of the chaos that was already there that did not need to be added onto. And then if messy Ramona wasn't enough with going back to the kitchen, trying to stuff her face while the blessing was still going on in the main dining room, you have Sonia being... Sonia. See, my thing is Sonia's always going to bring a party. She's always going to be loud. She's always going to drink and be messy. The messy that we like. We all know that she stepped way out of bounds at this dinner, yelling, banging her fists on the table and coming for her bestie, Ramona. So I'm just so confused as to, I don't know, number one, why they needed to have this type of a dinner. If you wanted to have it, you didn't need to bring all the ladies there because number one, Ramona's not going to get it and she's going to be more ignorant than helpful. We know this. So don't have her there. Let's make it be a nice, respectful dinner. Sonia would have maybe been 
well behaved had Ramona not been there. Exactly. Because Ramona, she'd be egging her on. So that's the problem is you can't have them both together at the same time. Because even though they claim to love each other, it's like it's like dynamite when they get together. It's love hate. They talk shit about each other behind each other's backs and then they get in front. That's what I like about Sonya. She will get in front of your face and say, oh, yeah, I said that about you. I talk shit about you. But, you know, I love you. And I'm like, you know what, girl? I'll fuck with you because that's real. When she started going on this rant of do the work, do the work, I was like, girl, do you even know what that phrase means? Has she done the work? I mean, she said she's done a lot of work. But as we know, a a few episodes ago, Sonya likes to fib. She likes to lie about some things, you know? And all I heard her talking about was something about $1,200 bottles of wine. And I go, I mean, that's great if that was a donation you made to some kind of cause. But girl, wine is not doing the work. And also, we know that Luann gets it, especially when they had women who were formerly incarcerated at that other dinner. We get that you get it because you were in jail before, Luann. But, bitch, if you don't stop talking about this damn caviar, you cannot try to say that you understand what these women have been through when you're going to bring up uh, Sonia and leaving behind the caviar. Don't nobody give a shit about caviar. We are talking about women who were in jail for real issues that crimes they didn't commit and they pay the time. This was my other issue with the the dinner that she had with the ladies from Fortune. Because I go, Luann, you know that Ramona cannot act right. That she does not know when to ask the questions. What are the right questions to ask? And yet they keep putting her in these situations where I'm just like, y'all, this is a setup. This is Absolutely. I absolutely think it's a setup because at this point, we know who Ramona is. She's a narcissist. It doesn't matter if it has nothing to do with her. She will ask questions and she'll bring it back to a story that may be a little bit similar, but has nothing to do with the conversation and the situation at hand. So to have her at these different types of dinners, I feel like they want Ramona to basically pop off in her own crazy ignorant ass way and they want her to be exposed as not a good look just not a good look and what i will say is that sometimes i wish that they would just like let her finish the the obvious narcissistic thought that she's trying to formulate because i think that a lot of what she is saying is representative of how most non-poc people people like her poc like they POC situation. So when the lady at the dinner was talking about her experience with the lack of medical care that she experienced as a black woman, when the young lady at the other dinner was talking about all the different things that she experienced with having to wait so long to get a court hearing date and how she was charged with conspiracy, but she didn't know any of that. I just wish that they would let Ramona just like finish her thought because it's really important for people to be able to see, yes, these are two different experiences. There are two different Americas. And it's important for us to be able to see why people who do not look like us cannot understand that these things are going on because they don't experience that shit. That too. But I also feel like, I don't know, in some sort of way, I feel like it's a setup to kind of just blow up like, hey, you are racist. We're trying to make this be your last season. That's what I'm getting from it all. And I'm like, oh, it's not a good look. But you know what? We shall see how more of this craziness unfolds. Can we also just talk about the fact that Sonia was really out there peeing in front of this lady's house at the Shabbat? Oh, hell no. That's a oh, hell no. Sonia was off the wall that entire night. But let's be real. If any person who were black, whether they had been a house wife or one of the guests had acted the way Sonia and Ramona did, it would be a whole hot mess of a problem. Oh, they would have gotten ran out of there, like with the quickness. But we ain't going to talk about that. But I don't understand how Sonia and Ramona kind of get a pass. Actually, Ramona got it worse 
than Sonia, but Sonia was Sonya really out of pocket. Sonia definitely got a pass. Sonya and, was and crazy. I don't like that. Like, yeah. what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You got to keep that same energy, boo. Yeah, like, I absolutely love Sonia, but she definitely has a drinking problem, and she definitely gets away with a ton of shit that nobody else apparently can. So I'm just like, uh, I don't understand. Ebony, just let's just chill with these educational dinners because, again, I'd rather see more mess. Like, I don't mind Sonia peeing and getting loud and banging on tables, but not at specific, very important dinners. Yeah, and I watch y'all go away on vacation. Yeah, go away on vacation. I mean, she can pee in front of their vacation house, you know, that they rented. Exactly. Go do that on a girl's trip. Yeah. Don't do that at someone else's home, being disrespectful, loud, crazy, da-da-da. We want to see the loud, crazy, and, you know, peeing on vacation, ladies. But right about now, New York is just so boring. It's not giving anything it was supposed to give. And my thing also, too, is if I invite you somewhere and you embarrass the fuck out of me the way these two did, you best believe y'all both getting gathered. Not one, both. So they're going to be bald. Ain't no edges going to be left. That's right. Cue balls all around. Okay, I feel that. All right. Another thing with Ebony is I'm getting a little tired of the family storyline. You know, it was very sad that she lost her grandmother. Very, very, very sad. R.I.P. Ebony's grandma. And then she was trying to find her sister. She found out that's not her sister. Now she's trying to find out her real dad. This woman comes up and says, oh, honey, I think I found your daddy. Oh, it might be one of three brothers. And I'm just like, why you got to make it look like that? Because you already knew, you already knew who you thought it was. So why would you even say like, that's just going to look bad on her and black people. It just will. It just will. The way she said it. Three brothers. Really? Well, and then she said, and this is the man who I know to be or who I am positive is your father. He looks like you. He has a daughter with features that highly favor you. And I'm just like, um, so if you knew all of that going in, why did you need to preface it with the whole three brothers thing? Because now, as soon as you said that, guess what people are thinking? Maury. Shady lady. Yeah. Because like in my head, I was like, wait a minute. The mama did not sleep with three brothers. Right. But it's just but like, if people you are going to be saying that's what I thought. And then she was like, oh, and I know it's this one. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just from the bloodlines that you're looking up, it could be one of these guys. And you think it's this one. So why even say the three brothers? I was like, y'all, mm, you trying to play Ebony right now? Stop right. it. Like, clearly, don't try to play her mama and her. Don't do that. Exactly. Like, clearly you're saying, oh, it could be one of these three people because you found a genetic match. So obviously there is some kind of relationship there. You did not have to go into the nitty gritty because, you know, people do not be paying attention to full sentences. And then they be spinning narratives that don't even make no sense. Thank you. So put some respect on black families. Thank you very much. Mm. And let's move on to baby Beverly Hills. There's a lot of mess going on over there. I mean, this may not be a good look for some of the members on the cast, but it's definitely a good look for them ratings because I cannot wait to tune in every single Wednesday with my tea and my ice cubes because I almost cannot handle it. Oh, yeah, I'm glued. I'm glued in there on the TV screen because Erica, baby, at this point, just say you guilty. Just say you knew like Everything that you're doing and the way that you're acting and all the tears and the crying, the bad acting, honey, it's not worth it. I will say, listen, Lifetime, if you are watching Bravo, you do not need to look any further for casting than the Miss Erica J herself because she is giving us performance after performance after performance every single week. But this episode, they really were like doing some grand jury selection, some type of inquisition shit, asking her all the questions and all the things. And honestly, these are all questions that are running through my mind every time this heifer come on screen. 
But the thing is, the questions that they're asking, these are all every woman has asked a question. She's answered a lot of stuff. She brought up a lot of stuff on her own. But the minute Garcelle says something that you already said about 30 minutes, an hour ago in front of another person, you want to jump down her neck? You want to jump down her throat? I just don't understand how these other women, basically Kyle, Lisa Renna, and Dorit, how can you just give her a pass on just because she is your friend? You're giving her a pass on the story, but you came for everybody's neck who you didn't like before. That's um, because they're Lisa, not real friends. Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump, Kyle and LVP were real, actual friends. And that's why LVP was like, no, we will never talk again. We are done. Uh, excommunicated from the family, etc." They did that before with Denise Richards. They wanted to believe some other shit instead of like being on that person's side. But it was just like the way that they are so believing of Erica when you have actual evidence in multiple, you know, news articles, stories. It's not looking good for your girl. But you were on her side, like, I am not getting this flip floppity. I'm just going to believe you, Erica, because I was on her side, too. I love me some Erica, but I'm like, no, 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 girl, the way you acting, something ain't right in the water. Yeah, a lot of this is not adding up. The arithmetic is way off balance. The calculator has dumb busted wide through open. It's busted. It's busted. It's like not even working. The batteries don't work. The numbers don't work. Nothing works because it's just like. I don't understand why you are getting so upset with these women who are trying to just make sense. Make it make sense. Of an otherwise really messy, entangled situation that has been created. Not an entanglement. It's more than an entanglement. It's an entangleweavement. That's the new word. Entangleweavement. Because you just, you don't know where one lie begins and the truth starts. And then if the truth and the lies are just embedded into one another and it's just, I I just can't keep up. Yeah. But the truth and the lies is that he drove off a cliff. First, he drove into a wall. Then he drove off a cliff. He was unconscious. Then he can't remember things, not because of that crash, but but then he has a whole nother house and you don't know who lives there and you don't know, you don't have the key or the address. You don't know who pays the bills. You don't know if he has a mistress, but then all of a sudden you putting up all the text messages of this mistress whose body he's paying for. And I'm like, honey, whoa, pick a lane. Yeah. But apparently one of your girlfriends in that group says, oh, your soon to be ex-husband calls you every day is the one that triggers you. But all the other shit that you said is okay. Come on, girl. And then ask you a question about something that you just said on camera, not even five minutes ago. About your husband calling you daily. What is the problem? And no one would find that to be beyond the realm of belief that your soon to be ex-husband who you have been married to for over 20 years is still trying to call you. Like, I would be surprised if he's not trying to call you because then it'll be like, oh, dang, he really did not give a fuck about your ass. But clearly that's not the case here. There's just too much going on. But you are directing your anger at the wrong people. You should be directing your anger, like Garcelle said, towards the man who put you in that position to begin with. She and it's true. Garcel pointed out, like, I don't see any anger. I don't see any frustration. I don't see any kind of upset with Tom at all. And she's like just directing it at all of us because we're just trying to figure out, girl, what is the truth? Yes. And I have to give it up for Garcelle, Kathy, 
Crystal and might I say Sutton, I don't really want to say Sutton. Those are the only women who are saying the same things in the group without Erica, that they're saying those same things in front of Erica's face. Everybody else are her friends. They talk all the shit like, oh my God, this article came out. What did this happen? Oh my God, the word embezzlement was used. They say all the shit, but they are not saying in the same energy in front of her. Most likely Dorit. Like, girl, you can't be switching it up and be like, you know what? I'm on my girl's side. But guess what? When she's about to come for you next week, I bet you you're going to find out what side you're really on with her, right? Girl, Dorit was backpedaling so fast during that dinner. That girl done ended up all the way over in Timbuktu. How far she was backpedaling her ass. Yeah, her real accent, you mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She about to find yeah, her back to whatever country that accent came from. That's how far she backpedaled. That part. But you know, I really do love Kathy on because she is not playing favorite. She's been her true, authentic self. I love how when Erica blew up at Garcelle, Kathy was the only one who went to go like, you know what? Come, come sit down. Come. I'm sure it's all gonna. Can we just have Kathy replace Kyle? Kyle I I really don't need Kyle at all. Like, what is she offering to the show? She's been doing a whole lot of nothing. And I can't wait to see how all of this pans out because it's getting real messy but yeah girl erica you turned a true fan and believer against you so you know that being on the show is not helping you in the least and i will say that okay i looked it up after they talked about all of these different articles coming out in the newspapers apparently tom started having allegations against him with like where the money was going as of 2015 and 2016 Mm -hmm. so you know what I realized that when Erica decided to divorce Tom, they had just hit 20 years. So last year hits 20 years. And you know, with some people, you have to stay in the marriage for a certain amount of time so that you can get a large lump sum and be set for life. So not for nothing, but I think my girl Erica knew, oh, some shady shit's about to go down, but I can't leave him yet. I can't leave him before the 20 year mark. I still got three more years. I still got two more years. So she waited till 2020 hit, which made 20 years. And um, now she's hoping that she can get some money. But according to Tom, ain't no more money left. Ooh, child. Yeah, I was going to say, she waited for nothing because she about to get a whole large love percentage of nothing. Well, she didn't know that, but she shouldn't have had all that damn glam. Tens of thousands of worth of glam every month. And now, guess what? You don't see not one glam person. Oh, my God. She was spending my yearly salary a month on glam. Like, girl, where are you getting the eyelashes from? Well, now she can't even get waterproof uh, mascara. But, of course, we will be tuning in next week and cannot wait to see what craziness comes up because all the housewives, again, are bringing it. And I am so happy to say, oh, yes, baby, Salt Lake City is coming back in less than a month. I did see that. I can't wait. And that girl, Salt Lake City got way more drama and mess in Beverly Hills. I don't know how Andy's going to be able to keep it up. I'm going to have to hit up my Gorilla Glue girlfriend, get some tips on keeping my edges all the way down. Because at this rate, I'm going to be left bald. Listen, if there were no drama, Andy and Bravo would not have a network. So guess what? We will be tuning in and catch us next time. And that's all we have for this week's Housewife Highlights.